0: Welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss fake blackberries, grinder, and Hitler pugs. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's just get right into it. I'm here with Ryan Houlihan, the delightful, the lovely, the voluptuous, voluptuous Ryan. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Hi, Josh. Uh, and we're, we're coming back from I'm, I'm not in L.A. anymore, which is very disappointing to me mm, and uh, for the city of L.A. and very sad for all of the people in L.A. every every. <clears throat> 55 year old man wearing like boot-cut jeans and a tight shirt a tight like Ed Hardy shirt It's mm-hmm. very disappointing for all of those people.
1: He's gonna have to get an extra green juice
0: today <laughs> He's gonna he's <laughs> gonna have to get several green juices and a salad with a dressing on the side Um but uh Anyhow we're back in New York. Uh, we're supposed to have a snow apocalypse this week. I'm told uh which is that fucking again. insane. It's April so the, I don't know what's going on but you know, maybe Trump's right. Maybe climate change is, is fake, <laughs> fake news. Because it feels pretty cold to me. Um. Anyhow, so look, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, this um, is a, I'm having this a is midday. Week. I'm having a midday
1: scotch. Yeah, you came in with the scotch, and I was like, seems about right. <laughs> Do You want? Did you want something? No, I, I mean, it seems mm. about right for the week. That's a that's a, a good reaction. Long. This week's been a hard,
0: long, just shitty week. Yes. But that's kind of like every week. Yeah. You know, one thing I realized is when I was in LA. Um, I, I really didn't – I was in a lot of meetings and Laura and I were kind of hanging out trying to have a little bit of like downtime in between the meetings and uh, I really didn't look at the internet that much. Yeah. And two things – and Laura and I have been talking about this a lot this week. Two things that are I think really significant about that. One is um, didn't matter if I looked at it or not. Yeah. The, the, the things happened.
1: Yeah. And the I, world I, kept spinning. And I had no
0: control over them yeah. and no real input in them, right? Nope. I mean we have an amazing team here so I, every time I look at the outline you know we have an incredible you know just like I, I'm so I'm not saying this to like pat myself on the back cuz I actually feel like not the, the last week was a good example of like where I'm like I don't know what's going on on the outline let me check it out and every day I was like wow this is super fucking interesting these are great stories but I had no real material connection to them for the week. You know, it's like yeah. I was just like kind of out of the mix. You had a bit more objectivity. But so one, everything happened. Yeah. And and there were there were stories that were heartbreaking and there were stories that were I mean, I don't just mean on the outline, just around the internet, mm-hmm. you know, in stories that were interesting and, and useful and whatever. But then also, um, you know, like uh I do think I felt better just not like what I realized is, you know, the only thing that can stop this the government that is currently in control, and every day there's something. I mean, literally every day there is something that I just think it's so bad. Like the Scott Pruitt, you know, the stuff mm-hmm. with him, and there's now there's who well, he's going to be fired, and who will be the horrible person that replaces him, or whatever it is. And I think it is horrible, and we can't lose sight of the fact that we're the country is being run by some of the worst thieves and crooks of, in history, at least in a position of power in a government. And, and by the way, most people in, in positions of power in governments are awful, but we've got some of the truly worst. Um, the worst of the worst as Trump might say um they' they're, they're uh, truly amazing they're actually, they're actually like the when he described Incredible at being when bad. Trump described the Mexicans flooding into the flooding the streets with drugs and raping people I feel like he was actually describing his his cabinet yeah, he was actually describing his staff, Yeah, you know, the guy, bros icing each other and doing coke off of the fucking can't. Oval Office, at, you know, uh, side tables and whatever bullshit he has going on. But what I realize is this, and we can't lose sight of this. It's important to stay uh, alert and to stay aware. But the most important thing we can all do is get ready, is plan for voting. Yeah. Voting. Because the only thing that really will fix this, it just is going to keep going until we vote these people out of – we have to use a mechanism that exists, which is – Right now, because we can't count on Mueller to come up with the Mm -hmm. perfect. Maybe it may not be there. There may not be a connection. You know, the only
1: power we really do truly have is voting. I mean, it's it's, even that's being eroded. So, yeah. And so
0: right now. And so right now is the most crucial time
1: (sighs) to like really. And
0: this is what I was thinking about a lot this week when I was kind of replaying like how I felt last week, which was I came back to the news and I was like, you know what? I didn't see all of this and some of it like really shocks me. Some of it really depresses me. But what I know is like no matter how – if I had been shocked in the moment uh, or I'm shocked later, the only thing that can actually change it is that is that we – that people, sane people in this country, look at what's happening and look at how corrupt and fucked up everything is and just go, we're going to vote these people out. We're going to do it piece by piece. We're going to immobilize because that is it. Like if all of the people who can vote and want to find – solutions, do vote, we will fix a lot of the problems that we're having right now. We will solve like this insanity that we're all feeling. And so like the crazy thing is, and they say, I don't know how you tell the American electorate, you know, if maybe if they just listen to the tomorrow podcast, I don't know how you tell this electorate like to do it. And I believe people do feel like motivated now, but it's like, there is nothing more important if you care about democracy in America and nothing more important if you care about your fucking sanity every day to vote. Like a motherfucker and vote these people out because we can actually do that. We, you actually have the power to do it. And so that's something I've been thinking about a lot. And it kind of made me feel in one way better because it's like, hey, we could do this. Like yeah. we just have to wait and do it. And then it kind of made me feel worse because like what if we don't? What if like the one lever we have that can actually be pulled by the American people isn't pulled? Yes. And that's the scary. That's the scary part. It's like would we be – are we going to be apathetic again? Because what – apathy is what got us to Trump.
1: I think we need to all of us this the kind of like daily Michigas and like being mad and tweeting our like ninety thread opinions to our five hundred followers yeah. that all that energy we need to find a way to as a group redirect it into things that we know we can control yeah, like the, local elections. And I stuff.
0: mean, screaming on Twitter doesn't. And then I, and listen, I'm 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 all about you know
1: bitching on Twitter, but that doesn't. I had to stop. I just stopped <clears throat> with opinions. It's not I, real. And by if the you way, have a joke, give a joke. Otherwise. I, I start writing tweets all the time now, and I'm like, it's not no, worth it. You know, it's not worth I'm like, it.
0: I'm like, oh, not this is your time. Story. My opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, I'm going to tweet this. I got to tell people about it. It's like, do I? I mean, do people you? know how I feel. The important thing is that the important thing is that actually we do something with the information.
1: June Diane Raphael, who's an amazing comedian, uh, did, did gave a gift to the public recently when she said um, the phrase, "I'm not taking that on." She got her car stolen, and someone said to her. How how are you dealing with that? And she said, my car was stolen, but I'm not the kind of person who's going to have a stolen car. So, like, don't take on the emotional baggage. Deal with with what you have to deal with. Take the actions you have to take. But you can't take it to bed. I'm not taking that on. And I have said throughout this year, sometimes there's stuff I can take on and sometimes there isn't. Our first story that we're about to talk about was something that I was like, I'm not – I can't take this on. Right. Um, and yeah. that was the YouTube shooter. Yeah. Um, which yeah. we're going to talk about in a second. But I saw that happening on Twitter mm. and I was going to um, a social event with a friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. And it was like, I am mad about this and I will read about it later. But I, Twitter makes me feel like I have to process it and have an opinion right now. And I yeah. don't. I mean – I mean, what, the, what
0: could I do? Look, the, 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 exactly. I mean and, and the truth is like understanding the futility of screaming on social media is actually a really important – a piece of the of beginning of the healing like I do think you know our inclination is to we are shouting like children I mean and I feel this way sometimes I'm like I just need to tell someone I just need to tell someone how fucking insane this is and I did like the other night I was like it's crazy how bad our government is and it was just like I just need to I just want to say it doesn't do anything it's like I actually said for a long time I had this idea that there should be a um there should be something like that's like a comedy like a, a open mic night. Maybe we've talked about this before. Yeah. But instead of open mic, it's um like complaining. Yeah. It's like a night where you go up to a room full of people. And maybe by the way, this is ultimately what comedy is when you think about it. Yeah. You go to a room full of people and you're like, I'm so fucking I I took this virgin flight and it's so fucking annoying. I they like put me in the wrong seat and somebody spilled a drink on me and it's just you get to like complain. You should start a podcast. <laughs> Guess Guess what? You're in luck. <clears throat> um, and so, you know, but it's like it is like you just want to just like you just want someone you want to be heard. Mm-hmm. You want someone to
1: be like, you know, you need a response.
0: It's like, just let me get it
1: out. And I don't even think that's necessarily unhealthy. It's right. just the, the impulse to do it all the time. It's therapy is what it is. Yeah. Sorry. But like, yeah,
0: I mean, I think that the, the, we have to recognizing our the limits of what social media and like the public's that internet public sphere does for us day to day is actually really important to like how we – and I've talked about this a million times – the etiquette of the way we use the things that we use. Like – and this is all changing really rapidly. Facebook has – you know, all the shit that's going on with Facebook has helped to move that narrative. But it's like we need to now understand where the usefulness is in these communication tools and then also understand where it ends and like think about it in our daily in, – in our lives and use yeah. it smartly because like – We are, I think we are spending a lot of cycles as human beings on things that don't help us and don't make us feel good and are feeding into this kind of dark energy that exists in the universe. Well,
1: it feels like we're doing the thing, like we have a sense of control. Like I'm the one talking, so I I can't be affected by this. But in the end, we found out that like it's really easy to hack people if they're looking at something all day long, as long as you control the thing they're looking at. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like what it's there, you know? I mean, it's like, um, so it's like,
0: you know, one of those things where you, you know, what are you worried about people seeing? What are you putting in there? What is – you know, I'm not saying like you shouldn't be worried because you should. You should have privacy. But anyhow. All right. So we should talk about this stuff. Yeah, the YouTube story, the YouTube shooter, which is extremely sad and confusing and upsetting story. Um, we actually just published a story on this. Uh, of course, this is Thursday. You'll be hearing this Friday. We just published a story on this that uh, Paris Martineau wrote, um, which is interesting because there's this media narrative that's been created about this shooter, which is like mm-hmm. – I mean, some, not every person in the media, but there's this like, oh, she was driven insane by the, by YouTube's demonetization scheme that they just started doing like not that long ago, which is a thing that all, a lot of YouTubers are very bent out of shape about. But, you know, if you actually dig into it, that narrative is, is not correct. And it's like, there's a much longer history of, of of Uh a person here who's like very, like a sick person who's had other, you know, there's like, this is not, I'm not saying that it looks always surprise to somebody starts shooting people randomly, but like. It's not like, oh, we have this simple answer for this problem. Like, mm-hmm. oh, here's why it happened. You know, YouTube is to blame in some weird yeah. way. It's like that's not. You know, I think like you know, it is that media, what we were just talking about that idea of like knowing when and where to pay attention and, yeah. and what to what to listen to and and actually, you know, like this is this is why media is so fucked up right now. You know, it's like it's like the, the soundbite. We've somehow turned the TV soundbite into the internet soundbite and it's like way worse and way more viral and way more effective. And we've never like figured out how to like have some like media literacy about like what we're actually getting and if we're like how much value we're putting in it. This was just a good example of that. And I'm going to talk to Kay- Casey Johnson is going to be on later, and we're going to talk about a handful of things, but that will be one of them. So I don't want to go too
1: far. Yeah, into we'll get that, to that but, soon. But yeah. Um, also this week, which. Ha- this is one of those things that I didn't weigh in on because I was like, this is stupid, and I have nothing to contribute that people who follow me won't already know. Mm. But Ricky Gervais is standing by that Nazi pug, and it's the so, right to be a Nazi. So let's
0: just talk about Ricky Gervais for a second, okay? First Whoa. off, first off, like – I so I was in L.A. There's, like, billboards for his special, which I've also seen on Netflix, and it's, like – Terrible. It's I would,
1: terrible. Okay, I
0: haven't watched it because – Not because Because I got to tell you, the, the art, the art, the photography that advertises this special – is so fucking bad. I mean, it is like – it's like I can't tell if it is like some extremely high-level parody where like – like Ricky, not. Like Ricky Gervais and his marketing team are on some level where they're like we're going to like – imagine if like Dane Cook – remember that name? Remember Dane Cook? Was uh, that a band? <laughs> imagine if Dane Cook, the t- 2004 MySpace Dane Cook was like – Imagine if Tucker Max – Was time – was time – was like transported in a time machine and aged while the while being transported. I don't know that he re- imagine Dane Cook runs Ricky Gervais's marketing team or whatever. Okay. <laughs> like the it's like here's here's the art. I'm gonna paint a picture for you if you haven't seen it. I want if you're listening, I don't want you to see it. Don't look. I'm gonna paint a picture and then I want you to look and tell me how it matches up. The overall color tone of the of the of the billboard and also of the kind of like screen, the kind of slap splash screen on Netflix is I'll call slate gray. Ricky Gervais is, uh, I want to say, and I'm from memory, is dressed in a slate gray outfit against a slate gray background. The outfit is something like a tight shirt he shouldn't be wearing in slate gray. There might be a dragon on it. I'm not really sure if there is. He's wearing, a, it's tucked into a pair of slate gray or maybe charcoal gray jeans with a belt buckle, large belt buckle in the middle of his, you know, jean. Section. Uh, and he's wearing a trucker cap, okay? Uh, and he's shouting. He's grimacing or shouting. And he's, you know, Ricky Gervais is not, he's old. He's British. He's not like a sexy guy. No. He's not a good-looking man. No. He's just a fucking British guy. Yeah, And it's like, it's like, it says, what it says is, it's like, it's like, I've got something to say. And it's
1: loud and annoying and dated. It's the guy with the worst take that is ensuring that you hear yeah, him yeah. say. He's it. like, I've got the worst take, <laughs> yeah. And I At want the cocktail party, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to make sure yeah. everyone knows that. He's like, I he's said like it. I've got the
0: worst take, and I'm the worst guy because <laughs> I have a fucking trucker cap on and I'm shouting, but also. It's gonna be pretty boring like it's gonna be my take is the worst. It's gonna go on for 12 minutes But exactly fucking (laughs) like lame. It's you're like, oh, okay It's like a take about it's like he's doing a monologue about Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, okay That's it's like that would have been good in 1993 when she ripped up the Pope's picture like that to me is what his special is about I don't know what it's about. He looks like a guy who's telling you about Millennials anyhow. Yeah, exactly (laughs) It's like these millennials, right? Whatever. <laughs> They're he's fucking entitled. These, you know what I mean? Oh, by the way, I did watch the trailer for it. And yeah. he's still doing this thing where he's like, he's like, oh, you're clapping for me? Oh, you shouldn't. <laughs> oh, but I am the best. It's like no one uh,
1: cares about that shit anymore. No, he's so bad. And okay, you know what? Anyhow. Hot take, the original office was fine. Wasn't you know that good? You know what? The it th- doesn't justify two Ameri- decades of bullshit. Here's a hot take. You don't even,
0: oh, I got a fucking nuclear take. <laughs> Here's a nuclear fucking atomic bomb take. American office. Much better show. Much better show. Much better. Much better. Maybe that's not a nuclear take. I don't know. Winton, is that a nuclear take? You're a, you're a, uh, you're a, you study the arts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do that. So
0: is that a nuclear take or what?
2: I think they're different shows. Without Simon Pegg, it wouldn't have worked.
0: (laughs) Don't give me that wishy washy, different shows. Which one is better? Boy, the, the the scotch is really taking effect. It's really night and day.
2: <laughs> the American one. There you yeah, go. Boom. there it is. Anyhow,
0: is Only Casey... one of
1: those had Kelly Kapoor, Is Casey bitch? still in the room?
0: Oh, she is? Casey, do you have an opinion on American versus British office?
2: American versus British? Yeah. American is better. Yeah, it's better. It's just a... different. Yeah,
0: okay, that's true, but different and better. This is not the nuclear take I guess I thought I had. I guess this is the regular take. The nuclear take would be the British one's better. Well, let me let, yeah. let let me let me let me let's talk about this pug video and the Nazis. Wait, can I say something really quickly? Ricky Gervais's best thing ever is extras. Oh, it's sure. his best thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. The Patrick Stewart episode. Yeah. A uh, fucking brilliant. Fantastic.
1: Everybody the, should watch that show.
0: Extras is. And I think people kind of. I feel like it was kind of glossed over. Yeah, it was. Like, I feel like it was like post office. Like, people just didn't really.
1: It was airing like when Weeds was airing and we wasn't really the tone. That it's the perfect show
0: for Ricky Gervais because he plays a character who's this like intolerable, like, like an insufferable dickhead in mm-hmm. the way that his character was in The Office, but, but he's much more. Like Ricky Gervais, I imagine. And, which, yeah, because he's exactly. slowly
1: rewarded for it, and yeah. you see how awful that is. Yeah,
0: exactly. All right. Anyhow, so he. So what tell me about this? He's got a Hitler pug. So there was a video uh, of a <laughs> Scottish vlogger made, Mark Meachin. I love that we live in a world where Hitler pug is a thing. Just, I'm not saying I like Hitler because I don't. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm not a fan. We're in the ready. We're in the worst Ready Player One universe. <laughs> I want to state this. I want to state this now because I feel like it's not out there. I, I'm not pro Hitler. Oh, I want people okay. to know yeah, I want people no. to know that I'm anti-Hitler. Got to really make that clear nowadays. <laughs> but a Hitler pug is like, you know, whew, right? Well, 2018, so this right, guy made,
1: a pu- made his pug. He trained the pug to respond to like "Sig Heil and gas the Jews and do like tricks to those words because you can make pugs really do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he made videos of it and put it online and he was like, I'm hilarious. Call me Count Dankula. And the government it's was like, Count Dankula is pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. No, yeah, nobody's, yeah, nobody's
0: saying the name isn't good. Okay, no matter what, I don't know if this guy is a neo-Nazi or what, but Count Dankula is a very good
1: name. Just gonna, Do you think the Scottish government was jealous of his, his dank name? I'm just, I'm just gonna give I want to give credit where it's due. Okay. Okay. You know, if Ben Shapiro has a good opinion, just kidding, he
0: doesn't. Everything that <laughs> comes out of his mouth is literal human waste. Um, but no,
1: credit where it's due, Count Dankula is a good screen name. Well, the government came down on Count Dankula, not over the screening, but for the Nazi puggery of it Uh, all. Yeah. And they said, Mm. you can't do that. That's illegal. That's like, we don't have Nazi talk. Cut it out. Yeah. And Ricky Gervais is like, um, it was a joke, actually. And my bad jokes are also like punishable by law. That's a very bad
0: British accent. (laughs) Well, so is Ricky Gervais. I got to tell you, um, that was a surprisingly bad British accent. I haven't, I
1: haven't practiced. It's fine. I mean, I could do it if I was doing Lisa Vanderpump.
0: Listen, <sighs> she's not British, is she? Yeah, she's too Oh, really? British. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought that was just a, like a really hardcore California accent. No. I've crazy. actually never seen the show, so I don't know. I saw one episode of it. People were like, you've got to watch it. <laughs> uh, hold on. Okay. <laughs> First off, who, I mean, who cares what Ricky Gervais says? That's the most important thing.
1: Well, what's crazy is people are mad at him for making transphobic jokes. And he's like, actually, freedom of speech. No, the freedom of speech is that we can say that that joke is transphobic. That's what freedom of speech is there for. Not for right. you to be like Caitlyn Jenner's this, that, and the other. I, I. So here's what I think, okay, in comedy.
0: I mean, first off, here's what we all have to accept. Okay, One, comedians are are uh, they all have to and want to and badly are desirous of this of being like i say i say the things that no one else will say i'm a bad boy they're like i'll fucking we're say, all thinking it i just put it, yeah you're thinking it but i'm saying it you know they're all like <laughs> lenny bruce it's like you're not fucking lenny bruce you're not if you're making like trans jokes you're just well that you're just kind of like a, a guy making trans jokes like you you may you may be able to use like the lenny bruce argument but lenny bruce got fucking arrested he got fucking taken off stage in handcuffs for fucking swearing. Okay? But, but the thing is, I mean, I don't know if that happened. Actually, that's my idea of what happened with Lenny Bruce. But if that actually happened, that I'm not did sure. happen. OK,
1: right. That's like really you're really pushing boundaries. You get arrested. Big a trans joke is you just you being a dick. But it's the Mel Brooks of it all. Where people are like, well, you know, Mel Brooks did great Nazi comedy. It's like, well, Mel Brooks, family was in concentration camps. So also, that's, also you're not also, Mel like, Brooks. Like, I don't also, want to blow your mind. You're also, not Mel Brooks. Also, like
0: there's a there's a self-awareness to that. There's a deep kind of meta-level to the Mel Brooks, like, the springtime for Hitler shit, you know? It is not like Hitler's hilarious. It's not like your dog can...
1: Responses, but it's also how. about the take on it. the The take on the, on his thing with, with with the Nazis was that he took their obsession with being constructed and put together and very buttoned up, and he made it the opposite of that. It, you no, but, can't but, necessarily. But the
0: joke was good, is basically what we're saying. Yeah, like if it's a good joke.
1: If you're not Mel Brooks and your jokes aren't I, Mel Brooks I don't jokes, just mean like, like if you, Right?
0: If you're like, and I don't mean like Dane Cook good. I mean like, oh, you got some. Some, br- some chads to laugh, like, uh, that's not a successful joke. Yeah. A successful joke is one where, like, really smart people who have read a book are like, that's smart and interesting. And you could do a trans, there's probably a trans joke out there that is somehow effective on multiple levels where it's like, on its face, it's a trans joke, but in another way, it's actually making fun of people who make
1: trans jokes or whatever. There's some- if you're a trans person and you're punching up, it's really great for you to write that joke. I mean, you I'm, 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 I'm not saying Ricky Gervais can't do a trans joke. I think the question is
0: but – first off, you can make a joke about whatever you want. Like I don't mm. fucking care. Uh, the truth is like you're going to have to decide what is like a funny joke to you and other people will have to tell you if it's a funny joke or not. And like there is obviously a line between you are pointing out the absurdity of something or you are co- making commentary and you are – and the line of uh, where you go over to you are, you know, being offensive – with no real point, you are like using some kind of low-hanging fruit to take a shot at something because you know it'll get an easy laugh. Yeah, like, there's a there's the there's the smart stuff and there's not the smart stuff. Now I, I uh, personally, like look, you know. I'm trying to imagine the trans joke that's funny because I watch Dave Chappelle and he does some trans shit and it's like terrible. It's not funny. It's like actually like just it's like his points are an old guy talking about shit and an old guy doesn't understand it. It sounds like that.
1: But I don't understand that if you don't have anything to really, really say and you're not doing something positive, there's so many things you could joke about. Why do you have to go after the one that if the joke fails, it does actual damage to people? Well, I mean the 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 like 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 we have to draw a line where we call things jokes or not jokes and I guess the Scottish government is doing that because you could say anything was a joke. You could be like Milo Yiannopoulos and say my entire thing was a bit. It's a it's a performance piece. You can't come after me. Yeah. And that We say that. We have to draw a line where it's like, "Well, you damaged people." So it if it wasn't very funny. Well, I think there is a, I think there
0: is a there's some common sense that comes into this, and I think you can tell the difference between Dave Chappelle and Milo Yiannopoulos. One is a very talented And successful comedian, the other is Dave Chappelle. I think jokes about like if you're like I have a whole handicap bit that I do, you know, about people in wheelchairs or whatever. Yeah. Or eight. so I don't know. Maybe handicap is not the right word. I'm. You tell me. I don't. I feel like I don't know. But (laughs) here I am. Now I'm rigging your vase. Thanks a lot, Ryan. (laughs) Um, maybe you have a bit that's just super fucking hilarious about. But I feel like is that the best you can do? Is like take a shot at, like, some subset of humanity that you've decided is, like, worthy of, like, your jokes. Like, I just feel like that's a pretty – like, to talk about your personal experience and to make it funny and to make it – like, what Mel Brooks was doing, to your point. Yeah. To talk about his family's experience and to look at the Nazis in a way that's, like, relatively intellectual and, like, turn that on its, like – on its ear, right? That's, like, smart. I'm not saying it's perfect, but there's some intelligence there. It's, yeah. like – there's commentary. I You know, with comedy, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like – you can get a laugh and it's a bad joke. Sure, you, know? you can get a laugh and it's fucking offensive, and it actually is really offensive. Yeah, Roseanne pulled in an eighteen chair or whatever. I mean, don't make me don't make me go back to Roseanne. <laughs> but I watched your fucking garbage show after you told me about it and after we talked yeah. about it. Sorry. So just to say, like the fucking Nazi pug. Most most importantly, offensive mm-hmm. or not, is stupid. It's just not funny. It's That's not worth it. Go to me, the important thing is like I don't think he needs to go to jail. You should go to jail for not being funny. But also like I don't think Ricky Gervais needs to leap to his defense. It's like you know you can do is just say nothing because it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like you're worried about freedom of speech. I'm much more worried about hate crimes. Yeah, I'm. Much, I don't feel like we've got. I don't know about Scotland because I don't live there. But like in America, I feel like we've got amazing freedom of speech. I don't feel like we've had any problem with that. Okay, what I feel like we have a problem with is neo Nazis running people over with cars. Yeah, and the president going like, well, they're pretty cool. That's a fucking problem. Yeah. So like, 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 you don't have to endorse the need for free speech. <clears throat> you should just be like, you should be spend your time if you're fucking whoever you are. I can't believe how long we've talked about Ricky Gervais, by the way. Spend your time worrying about like, if you want to talk about a problem, be like, neo Nazis shouldn't be allowed to fucking run people over with cars. Like, t- let's talk about that. Okay. Just make that your thing you want to talk about. Don't defend the pug, the Hitler pug. I can't believe this is the conversation we're having. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, also, I think, you know, we should ban comedy because everything we should just not. It's we, not doing anything good. We don't. What is the use these days? Um, OK, let's move on.
1: Uh, this. The next story. We have two health related stories that I have.
0: Like big fan of health.
1: Grinder leaked, um, bundled together uh, location data, phone IDs, HIV status uh, that people were using the app. Um, mm-hmm. uh, their, I, their orientation, all this information, they, they were leaking to two companies purposefully to, um, and all that completely on, on, uh, there was no protection on it. It wasn't encrypted. There was no, uh, it was just a so, plain text yeah, file yeah. filled with every grinder user's information.
0: I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but, um, you know, we should, I, I don't know, like we should put way less trust in, uh, tech companies. Yeah. I mean, we should just stop. Assuming that anybody there has your best interest in mind. I'll say this, and I've talked about it before, but like I put a lot of trust in Google, but Google has for 20 years or so proven to me that like the worst thing that happened to me that I can tell with Google so far is I get um, a lot of ads targeted for things I've been shopping for, which is like annoying, but not much, you know, And, and I'm not saying Google's perfect, but like. Grinder? who fuck who's who owns Grinder? Well, the
1: reason who why grinder is it IAC? No, I think a, I don't even think a, a, a Conglomerate owns it. Yeah, it's, it's like Mark Zuckerberg who the fuck is Mark Zuckerberg, but what's what's tough with this is that There's like there's not a lot of places for queer people to turn so in desperation if you live in the middle of nowhere You kind of get exploited like your no, desperation I, gets exploited. I get it But like but
0: part of not giving that trust isn't just going like don't use Grindr It's us saying Someone needs to fucking regulate yeah. grinder and anything that where I put in my personal information into it. I have a fucking Fitbit. Yeah, like what do I know about what they can do with well, my? Well, I recently with just my wiped all this stuff. Yeah.
1: Everything. I just wiped it all. I disconnected every service. I did. De- I, mean, I have a Fitbit.
0: I have a Fitbit connected uh, scale, and I don't use my. I actually have a Fitbit, but it's sitting in a drawer, and I haven't logged in my. I shouldn't even say this. I haven't logged in my Fitbit account in a while. You know, like it's just collecting my weight data. Yeah, for what? Why am I even doing it? Honestly, I should delete it. But the point is, you know, um, we regulate so many things. The food we put in our bodies, the drugs we put in our bodies, uh, the cars we drive, the way that houses are built. Not the, if Scott
1: Pruitt's EPA has
0: something to no, say. He's got. About it. He's like. He's like. The car should just be. He's like. What I want. Remember is like, lead. Lead was great. He's like. I want Let's the engine. What lead. I want is for you to actually. The seat is inside of a giant engine. You're sitting inside. It gets one mile per gallon, but it has a 400 gallon tank, and that's the car. We're gonna make Volkswagen evil again, and it goes really fast. It's a fast car, one mile a gallon, 400-gallon tank. You sit inside a divot in the tank. There's a couple of bucket seats. Um, the – the uh, you know, it's like it's like the fucking I, – I, by the way, I love the government. I love governments. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be – I'll be the first – I don't know if I'm the first person to say it. I will be – Big Kremlin
1: fan over I'm here. I'm happy to say
0: <laughs> – no, governments are awesome. They've, they've done so many amazing things. America is America because it had a government. Yeah. That was like, here's what we're going to do. And if you like it, if you love America, if you're like, these colors don't run or whatever fucking bullshit you say, it's because of the government. Yeah. It's not, yes, the people are have been part of the process. Yeah. But they were like, dear George Washington, please help us have a fucking like I country. I love the
1: military. But it, the rest of the government, I don't really understand yeah, why yeah, that's there. No, the military is crushing
0: but we've got to get rid of the government. There is no military without the government. There is no control of things love like that. Love firefighters. Right. No. And but so what I want to just it's like regulations are fucking awesome. They regulations are for because not everybody can figure out if they should take a drug or not on their own. They're not going to have a fucking lab at home. They're like, let me check this out. Regulations rule because it allows you to go, hey, to the entire populace here in this country, we're letting you know this is good and this isn't. And here's what we think you should do with it. And we're making these companies adhere to standards because we want to make sure that like that they're actually uh, doing their part to not, you know. Uh, damage or kill people, like on like. So, look, you may hate the FDA for some reasons, but the FDA definitely has a real role to play in our daily lives. The EPA, you may disagree with some of their policies, but they do way more good than they do bad. If you had an unregulated environmental situation in this
1: country, it's not like we have some limit of competition. You literally, like, it's every, not like,
0: it's like every time you sit down on a chair, your your legs would disintegrate. You know, yeah. what I mean, you literally would be like acid acid sandwiches for 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 lunch. You know, it's like yeah. anyhow. The point is. I don't know what that means. I really don't. But an acid sandwich kind of sounds good to me. It's like a Pop Rocks. Gonna, <laughs> it's like the bread is made of Pop Rocks.
1: I was going to think the drug. So like an oh, yeah, acid yeah. sandwich is like well, you know, middle, one molly, a bit of acid, a little more molly. In the middle is Off the that meat. That right the end. meat
0: is a sheet of uh, of uh, orange sunshine or whatever you call it, whatever the acid is. Yeah. Is that an acid? I think so. Okay, cool. Uh, is that so, an acid? There's our
1: title. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, wait, what was this topic again? We we're talking about Grinder. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so anyhow, so my point is, let's have some fucking regulation of these yeah. tech companies, please. Like I wanna know what they're doing. I want them to be I want them to have to answer to someone. Yeah. I want Grinder to say to somebody who's in charge. Like I
1: just fucked up the insurance yeah. plans for Yeah, here's what we do, here's what
0: we do and, and, and here's how we're gonna be held accountable and
1: like we don't get to fucking just be like, oh, whoops. One but, of our engineers like put the wrong uh... – This is going to be an unpopular thing to say uh, oh, for anyone that follows me on Twitter and hears this. But uh, they also own a magazine where a lot of queer writers write called Into, which is actually a really great magazine. But what bothers me a little bit is that if you have any interest in freelancing or working with Grindr in the future, you're not going to cover the story in the way that it needs to be covered. Yeah. So from a media perspective, it was in Grindr's best interest to do this because now they have a bunch of people who aren't going to talk – as candidly as that, uh, in my opinion, as they would have about the issue, um, and that's an important part of like having this discussion or holding companies accountable. Yeah, and it just not, it's just not—it's not going to exist the way that it was
0: <sighs> Well, listen. I mean, all I'm saying is bigger government.
1: Speaking of bigger government, wow, um, Ivanka and Jared Kushner tried to uh, bribe Parenthood. Uh, Tell they, me. I'm sorry. T- give me the, the the give me the outline of the story. So Cecile Richards. Recently said that when she met with Ivanka and Jared in January of seventeen, um, they offered her like to continue their funding. Th- th- she would keep her funding. They could. Con- they would su- come out and support Planned Parenthood. Uh, it would. The issue would be over. All of this would be resolved if that they just stopped doing abortion services, um, and basically trying to like bribe her and the organization financially to. Stop doing their like core issue. All of this is like okay, yeah, sure. But what really I zoned in on was the fact that Jared and Ivanka aren't the like liberal coastal. She likes women. She's like for equal pay. People like they're extremists. And this or, is a perfect example of or, being a fucking extremist.
0: Or like so many people in the in the sphere of Donald Trump, they're so desperate to continue their whatever their whatever their role is that ultimately is like. Definitely about getting money somehow. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, all of this is about money. Yeah, it's about money and power, but power as a it's means. It's about Instagram, like as a means to yeah, as a <laughs> means to money, really. Um, <clears throat> you know that they're so. I'm not. By the way, I'm not defending them in any way. Like I, I doubt that they have any good opinions whatsoever. And I've never, never felt like they probably have some good opinions. Like the whatever the liberal
1: coastal, the liberal coastal thing is that well her her clothes are kind of chic and it's yeah. like I want to don't to blow she, your mind no they're not she let's g- start there Ivanka has a gay friend like no I no. Like, like this is I don't they're not stylish or cool they don't the, fit in
0: at dinner parties to me it's
1: never that They're is,
0: gross. I've never been like oh yeah they're they're how is this happening they're so cool they're they're not fucking cool like no. I don't know what else to say because oh, she but,
1: picked the right shade of toner we're all supposed to let her go.
0: Whatever. I mean, I mean it's like look Donald Trump's a cartoon character his daughter is a um, the
1: progeny of a cartoon character and Like at no point was I ever like Ivanka is so fucking cool She built herself based on Instagram trends, the most boring Instagram trends and so, so like, like so like I don't know where this comes from No, but the point is
0: I Mean you know this in no way surprises me this sounds exactly like what is going on all the time in Trump's government mm-hmm. Which is like these shady weird? underhanded gross backroom deals that are meant to like serve the needs of a, of a very like corrupt and deranged president. Yeah. You know, it's like he wants to be able to, have his cake and eat it too. He wants. He's like, just offer them the funding. But
1: the key but word that you just said was that, needs was because I don't even think, like Trump doesn't give a shit either way. He just wants to get enough people to no, he wants clap to get, for him. I think, no, no. And I he think, wants his colleagues to be
0: like, great job, Donald. No, I think actually, if I can, I'm going to give him a, a weird bit of credit for reasons that I don't really understand. And when I'm finished, maybe you can tell me I'm an idiot. I think that Donald Trump at least realizes that, that deep down, real Republicans Fucking hate his guts, and in order to get them to be uh, allies to him, which they all are because they're complete pieces of shit, they are total buyable garbage piles that he has to like buy them. And the way he buys them is by copying. To, you think Donald Trump cares about abortions? He doesn't. No, he doesn't That's give a shit. He's like Mister Abortion. Yeah, Donald Trump has probably paid for more abortions than yeah. any man oh, in absolutely. America. Okay, he's loved. He loves abortions. Mm-hmm cards. I'm sure many, many of his abortions have kept him out of court cases, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with getting an abortion and there's nothing
1: wrong with a guy who pays for someone to get. A- the, I'm not the problem saying is the there's anything
0: wrong with it. Yeah, I'm saying, does Donald Trump care if people get abortions? My answer no. is
1: I doubt
0: it. No, but he cares if Mitch McConnell. Cares. He's like, well, Donald, we really won't get these abortions out of here. Really, however, whatever he talks, like, I don't fucking know because they're all a bunch of d- dumbass <laughs> hicks. <laughs> Jeff says, you're like, we got to do something about these abortions, Donald. What are we getting?" You know, whatever their Mitch voices McConnell are, talks like
1: like a glob, like a blob person, He's like Clayface. Bo- He's
0: like, he can't actually move his. He's muscles like an X Men.
1: That guy gets the jellyfish power. You know, of the I Senator. don't like to.
0: I don't like to get physical with people. I don't like to talk about their physical attributes because everybody's got their challenges. Okay, you know, I have a hook nose, a huge giant. Jewish hook nose there. I said it. All right. And I don't like people to talk I'll about get
1: it. Olivia Newton John up in here.
0: <laughs> I actually don't care about talking about it. And I really like my nose. Um, you know, what's funny about my nose is you'd think I'd have a great sense of smell and actually I can't smell anything. It's insane. <laughs> it's like the cruelest trick of all time. It's like God's like God because, yeah, you because know, God made my nose. Um, God was like well, this nose for this guy. That's how God works. By the way, it's as an assembly line, he's like picking things out on an iPad. Um, it's like, actually when you do character creation in the game, that's what God's doing 24 seven in heaven. He's like doing the thing where it's like, should I give him a mohawk? Um, anyhow, it, yeah. Like, I like that
1: a... in your mind, babies yeah. come out with mohawks. Yeah, you know, it's like, put <laughs> Naturally a huge... it's like God's
0: like, put a huge nose on him and then it's like, but make it so he can't smell anything. That'll be funny. That's, that's, the that's w- a Ricky e. Gervais that's level troll. That's fucking, that's a uh, Hitler pug, you know, same thing. <laughs> Freedom of speech, my man. All right. All okay, right. Anyway, let's... hold on, wait. I was getting to a point. I think I was getting to a point with Trump, but now nah, I don't know what it is. All right. Boy, poor Casey. She's going to get me. Yeah, let's completely kick Casey in here. Completely pickled state.
1: What happens if you play Monopoly with real money?
0: You've got to pay the piper.
1: Okay, let's pay pay the piper. There are no free lunches in this completely reinvented
0: game of Monopoly.
1: What does space sound like? What happens when you overwork yourself?
2: Do you believe that work-related stress has increased? It
0: reflects the fact of how little value We place on the well-being of human beings.
1: The Outline World Dispatch. Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a new story on the theme of power, Power, culture, Culture, or the the future. future. Handpicked from theoutline.com. Find us in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, your Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, or wherever you download your podcasts. Also, you can say, okay, Google, play me the news. And we're right there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Make your mornings a little weirder.
0: Okay. Casey Johnston is here. She is uh, the editor of the future section of the outline.com, a website, which is uh, which I've heard about. I've never really read, but I understand it's the best thing on the Internet. Casey, you walked, uh, I would say, 20 feet, 25 feet. A little to be- farther. 30, be be 35. generous
2: to our office. It's a good size office you twenty about, feet. You
0: walked about a five hundred and fifty feet from one end of the office to the other. Yeah, it's a be huge here. office. Actually I don't know. I it's don't like, know how it was like
2: two football fields. I don't know how
0: long the office is. I should look at our, our architectural uh, drawings. I mean and it's find like out. one
2: hour of walking from one end to the other. So it's like pretty big. Yeah,
0: it's pretty big. So anyhow, you're but but you're here? Yes. And we're going to talk about the future, but also some other things, I sure. think. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So anyhow, thank you for joining me. Uh, wait, how many times have you been on the Tomorrow podcast?
2: I've never been, I don't No, that's think. not
0: true. I think we did an episode, didn't we?
2: Mm-hmm. Didn't we do an episode? No.
0: Casey and I never do an episode? No. I find that impossible to believe. You
2: never asked me to do an episode. Do a
0: Google Do a Google on that, Ryan.
2: <laughs> you had to literally Are you sure? hire – I'm pretty sure. I really
0: feel like we did an episode. Never? No. Wow. I guess it was one of those things where it's like, do you ever think you send an email and then you don't? E-
2: this this is not like that I don't think but yeah, yeah it's I, like, know, it's I know like, that I was feeling.
0: like it's like oh yeah Casey was on but that no, never happened
2: no yeah maybe you just like you dream you dreamed about it
0: <laughs> I have had several
2: <laughs> you like
0: lengthy dreams where yeah, you're on the it's podcast it's like almost like it was real <laughs> it felt so real well anyhow okay fine that's insane. So let me first apologize for never having you on it's the tomorrow okay. podcast.
2: It's okay. And now, second, now we're on your time and you're paying me for it. So that's true. like it's ideal. All, it's
0: all really working out. Yeah. So tell me what's going on. Tell me what's happening. You guys just did a story on this YouTube shooter, which is like obviously a huge story this week. Um, Paris just wrote this story about the narrative that's been crafted around this this shooter. Can you give me like paint a little picture of that and like paint a picture of the narrative and what you guys kind of. Or what Paris sort of figured out as she was writing the yeah, story. Yeah,
2: totally. I mean, I think there's like a lot of discussion to be had about the the um, sort of reaction to the event of the shooting. Um, the first narrative that came out of the news was that it was a woman um, attacking her, try, attempting to attack her boyfriend, which turned out to not be true at all.
0: There's, there's like zero— the, that is not. Uh, like, yeah,
2: I think zero truth. To like that an invented. What, that just it, invented. It, it, yes. Who invented it? I'm. Who can say? It just came out
0: of nowhere. Yeah. It's insane.
2: Um. I mean, it's like there aren't many female shooters. So like. Yeah, I assume it was like sort of a sexist presumption that a woman would not pick up a gun except to.
0: Well, this is exactly the thing. It's like this: these ideas of like a, it's the Lorena Bobbitt of it all. Yeah, you're like, oh, like like, she must be motivated by some man having wronged her. Ascribe
2: a logic to an illogical thing to do. Well, and and
0: the logic for a woman is like, oh, a man Mm -hmm. is the target. Right. Yeah.
2: So what has sort of. The, the sort of secondary wave of theorizing about why she did what she did is – and it stems from things her family has said. Her father has commented to various news outlets saying um, this woman was very angry at YouTube. She she tried to like make money from YouTube. She made videos and she was very upset about – there was an, an event a, a year-ish ago, maybe less, where YouTube started – "Quote unquote," demonetizing a lot of YouTube videos, meaning like they were taking in way less ad revenue than they had been previously. So her dad said that she was very upset about this, and that was why she attacked the the YouTube campus.
0: And the trigger, just to to on the demonetization thing, mm-hmm. the <clears throat> the impetus for that for YouTube was there was a and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. there was a thing about a year ago where there were ads on videos like beheadings, like where people were posting beheading videos Mm -hmm. and somehow like there was like a chase ad on the video, you know, pre-roll on the video Mm -hmm. and all of these brands and all these agencies, these ad agencies freaked out and were like, what the hell is going on? How could, how there's no, the brand safety alarm went Mm -hmm. off and it was like, how could you allow a chase ad to be leading this beheading video? Mm -hmm. And so they kind of like, correct me if I'm wrong, that's kind of the thing that started the demonetization. I, I hadn't
2: heard that specific story, but well, yeah, I think that's, that's like part the, of the yeah. There's like, <clears> sort of, they sort of started applying a broader filter to what was getting the sort of premium yeah. ads. And
0: And I think that and I think that for <clears throat> I mean, to me, that's like common sense. Like YouTube had a massive like brand issue where mm-hmm. they were like, hey, you're monetizing all sorts of stuff and people feel like you don't, you can't you know, if you run it out on YouTube, you don't know where it's going to end up. Right, right. But it was a very for a lot of people on YouTube. It was it actually for people that maybe were on channels that were controversial or edgy, mm-hmm. but not like outrageous. They felt like they were unfairly sort of hit with this like demonetization. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so his his her father's narrative is like. This demonetization thing happened, and it sent her over the edge. Right. That right? was that was sort or of that was what he, that was what he
2: sort of implied. Um, we tried to talk to him, and he would not talk to us. But um, I think it's probably safe to assume that he doesn't know a ton about the intimate inter inner workings of YouTube. Like I barely know what the the demonetization and adpocalypse – apocalypse sort of whole thing is about so right i think he he heard he he like saw and heard and experienced her emotional reaction to it but i don't think he like had a had a grasp on it himself of like what was really going on so like that's right. that's sort of what he ascribed it to
0: and that and that narrative became started to become the has become the dominant narrative about the motive
2: mm-hmm. and there which, are lots of people saying like wow it's so sad that like You know, people people stake their whole livelihoods on on their YouTube channels and then YouTube just cuts it out from under them and takes it away. And it's like that's it's like way more. I mean,
0: that's such a fucking bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Like that's like, wow. Like all these people went out to Hollywood to become famous actors and they didn't become Brad Pitt. And like, of course, they'd go crazy and shoot a bunch of people. It's like not. No, no, that's not. That doesn't make sense. People in here's life. Okay, (laughs) let me talk about life. Life is this. You want something really badly. It will make you feel good and maybe make you rich and or famous. This is most – a lot of people, not every person, but a lot of people are like, I wish I was rich and famous. I want it really badly. Mm -hmm. Some people try. Most of them fail. Some people never try. But like the idea that somehow being rich and famous for being on a video, in video, Mm -hmm. being a celebrity essentially – that the failure to achieve that goal no matter what the circumstances are create an environment where you are suddenly a, a mass shooter mm-hmm. is totally insane
2: yeah like the there's idea no that logic there you are owed something for having tried is not a is not a logical well
0: like, that you're owed conclusion. for having tried but also that your reaction your a reasonable reaction right. would be i'm going to kill someone mm-hmm. is none of those things are true Mm-hmm. You know, it's like people try and fail things all the time. Mm-hmm. A normal reaction, a, a sane reaction is to be disappointed, to be hurt, to be upset, to be angry, and then to move on mm-hmm. to whatever the next thing is. Right. You know, there's no situation where a person like this, a person who goes to the, to the into the, I mean, I, I'm just saying, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know. But like, mm-hmm. I'm, my view is a person who's like, I'm going to shoot people at some point. Mm-hmm. And they do it. it. There's something they're like they're sick, like they have mm-hmm. they're ill, mm-hmm. right? There's like there's a mental illness there right. that needs to be addressed on some level. And it doesn't matter what the trigger is. Mm-hmm. The trigger could be anything. It could be a traffic jam. It could be a breakup. It could be YouTube demonetizing your channel. Mm-hmm. The trigger is not the important thing. The important thing is like there's a person here who's who is is in pain and ill, right? And something is going to be the the thing that pushes them. If they don't get help. Right. And the idea that we're trying to craft a narrative where it's like the responsibility of YouTube or Google or whatever, Mm -hmm. or somehow we can create this, this through line that, you know, this simple, which is very salacious, YouTube demonetized her channel. Mm -hmm. She lost her mind. The next thing you know, she's dead and people are shot up. You know, right? That's such bullshit. And yeah. so, and so the the piece that Paris wrote is very much about the truth of this narrative, which is much more complicated, right? Right.
2: Yes. So the piece she wrote was a very like it. It was it was a sort of big technical lift on Paris's part because as soon as this happened, YouTube and uh, well, Google like. A bunch of different services like took down all of these. Cha- all of she had several YouTube channels. She has a website that's still up, and she had a Telegram channel where, um, like, all of her videos were archived. She had a Daily Motion channel. She had she had a lot of stuff online. Right. Right. Um, but a lot of it was taken down immediately following the shooting. So, so they, they
0: YouTube pulled it down.
2: YouTube pulled a lot of all of her channels down. I wonder
0: what the reasoning is there.
2: I mean, this is we're actually like. Uh, Low key preview, but we're at, like, we're now doing sort of a follow up. We, we've we talked about this before. This, but this, come, this, this is going to be, be on on
0: Friday, so I don't know what we're working on right now. But. Well,
2: I mean, this will be probably next week, but like, yeah. we're working on a piece now that's like, why do we take down things that have sort of like significance it, rather than like leaving them up or some sort of preserving them in a way that is. Well, that's this
0: like, is, I mean, this may be an offline thing, but like, you know, after 9 11, there was this huge thing where. You know, it was like movies that had the tw- twin towers mm-hmm. in them. People were going back and doing re edits of them, where they right. they took the twin towers out of them, and like <clears throat> this whole thing where you were trying to erase, like people were trying to erase the existence of it in right. the past because it hurt to think about it now. Yeah, which is a really fucking weird thing. Right, like and kind of wrong to me. Yeah, you know, it's like the things exist, right. they're real, mm-hmm. and then you're. Present or whatever happens in the present or future changes your perspective on what those things are. But like you can't erase them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it's odd to like put that. That to me is interesting that, you know, YouTube or Google whoever, you know, we let's just say Google. Somebody there was like, we got to take these videos down. The videos weren't like I'm going to kill a bunch of people. No, right?
2: no, no. There was so nothing they weren't on related them that was like... to the – Yeah. There was nothing that was like indicative of, of the shooting or like even her own violent behavior as far as we can tell there was none none of that. But I get like,
0: locking the pages. I get saying like no more comments. Right. I get saying like we're going to – these are what they are and we're going to freeze like interaction with them because we don't want people to begin to deface these or whatever. Right. Yeah. But the idea that you would like try to revise what existed in mm-hmm. the moment of a dramatic violent crime mm-hmm. – is, seems fucking insane to me. Yeah, it's like, like actually bizarre.
2: Yeah, I don't know why that's like. I mean, well, that's why we're doing this piece is to be like, why? Why is that the like reflexive reaction to just like take everything down?
0: Right, but, um, but yeah, but what is the reason? Is it we don't know? You, no, I mean, I mean, if it's like, I can understand like you don't want people to deface it, but it's like you have controls against that.
2: Right. It's like, like there's, there's, no there's a comment. middle ground between. I like it. Did, there didn't used to be. I think like a year, like I don't know, ten years ago, like. You could either sort of have – like to, sh- to shut everything down would have been like a harder thing to do yeah. on the original version of YouTube. But now it would be very easy to just sort of like turn off things. Well, it's also just
0: like – it just to me is like you're trying to like – I mean you're trying to like manipulate a narrative in real time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you're trying to change reality. Mm-hmm. That's like – to me that's what it feels like. Yeah. Like by YouTube going like, we got to take her videos down. It's like, oh, this horrible thing happened. And her videos existing now will be either a reminder of it or will people will try to derive context from it Mm -hmm. or whatever. And we don't want that. Right. We want to move it away so that people can concentrate on something else. And it's like the idea it's like it's like going like it's like it's like. You know, um, the Unabomber mm-hmm. had these manifestos,
2: right? It'd be he, like if they like he it.
0: It's like burning them. them. It's like going like okay, he
2: or like if we never, if no one ever published Mein Kampf, because like
0: yes, or 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 Osama bin Laden, if you like the, the tapes of him talking about you know uh, America and mm-hmm. talking about terrorism, if we were like no, like he did this horrible thing, and now we have to get rid of the tapes, right. of him like be the person right. because it's no longer relevant or present. Mm-hmm. That seems fucking crazy to yeah. me.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyhow, well, it's I'm very, very interested weird. in that story. So anyway, very yeah, that's
2: that's something we're going to sort of unpack, but she yeah. Paris had to do a lot of sort of trawling through different internet archives to like reconstruct. Like which is so crazy like her videos were online like Monday and now everything well, is this gone. Makes it so now this she has makes to do, it like a reconstruction it of makes the, it
0: doubly crazy, yeah. which is like here we are Trying to tell a story about a narrative of what happened here Mm -hmm. and to actually debunk a common narrative that is out there in the world Mm -hmm. that may not be true and the way to do it is to utilize the historical record of this person's presence online Mm -hmm. and because it's on YouTube. Yeah. And because YouTube has decided for some reason that no one actually fucking knows the answer to Mm -hmm. to move it away to take it away. We don't we can't establish the fucking story.
2: Yeah it's yeah. insane. Yeah. It was hard. So she she did a lot of work to sort of piece all this together. And what she found was that um this person had a extremely ha- had a lot of animosity toward YouTube and Google for for years, going back years before before the adpocalypse, before predating, she did this. Predating that. Yes, yeah. she she had felt um victimized by uh the YouTube like platform and algorithms and felt that she wasn't getting adequately monetized for the content that she was putting out there and she called them satans of the earth and like all of this, all of this stuff she had, she had a very like contentious relationship with the platform. So
0: her, so her, so essentially, I mean, the, and obviously you can read this piece on the outline.com. <laughs> but in essence, the narrative is actually, here's a person who was agitated for literally years. Mm-hmm. About YouTube and Google.
2: Yeah. And you could find content from her where she is upset specifically about the quote unquote adpocalypse where she that like so if you only sort of dug to the very surface level of her, you would be like, oh, so that's what she was mad about. But that's like but it became like a sort of convenient event for her for this like crusade that she had already been on for years yeah that's
0: like saying like you you are like the government is corrupt the government we need to more checks and balances we need more regulation or whatever mm-hmm. for years and then trump takes office and you're like look at this guy he's the here it is like mm-hmm. here's a perfect example but it's like but you already assumed that there was all this corruption in, right. right you know what i mean it's like you, you can't just suddenly say oh there was a breaking point mm-hmm. i mean but is the near I guess I'll ask this and 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 you tell me your take on it or Paris's take for that matter But <laughs> but is it that the narrative is? Yeah, of course. She was always mad at YouTube But this thing was the breaking point hmm. or is it this thing happened? And that was what triggered this situation
2: mean, shooting. There's one one piece of um, sort of evidence that <coughs> Paris came across was um at one point this woman posted a screenshot of her of the monetization of her account that some video had gotten like 300,000 views or something like that and her monetization from it was like 10 cents yeah and she was like the apocalypse is so awful uh, doing this to us but it turns out that that screenshot was from two years ago hmm. So it was really just like it, it wasn't a breaking there was nothing really to break. it was like her yeah. her that that was like already her relationship with YouTube that right. she felt she was not this getting is like a narr- this is like an ongoing
0: thing yes. right I mean I think the interesting I mean and this is what is is interesting about the story and and what it what I find so like kind of troubling is is this I, this quick this quickness to conflate to kind of just have, like, the easy answer. Mm-hmm. And this is by the—I see the press do this all the time. I mean, I see mainstream media, and I'm not—you know, like, we're not, obviously, mainstream, but, like, mm-hmm. I see large outlets do this thing all the time where they're like, this thing and this thing kind of add up, so that's the narrative. Right. And that becomes the fucking narrative. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's not—you know, I hate to—God, oh I don't want to—I do not want to go down the fucking rabbit hole where I'm like, Trump, Donald Trump was right about fake news. Like, but what is true about this idea is— And mostly it is – I will say it's not like CNN and the New York Times. I think they are bad at framing sometimes and Mm -hmm. that can create a narrative that is actually really unhealthy. Mm -hmm. There is actual like things that are made up. There there are like news stories that are invented. When you say fake, fake means invented, right? Mm -hmm. It means like this is not true. That's mostly actually like things like Alex Jones or Breitbart or these kind of like right-wing – you know, alt-right, whatever the fuck you want to call them. The, but there is this other thing that happens that I've, that I've always thought was so interesting. And, I, and I've talked about this before in the podcast, I think. But I remember when I was at um, – I think we were – I was still at Engadget. Mm-hmm. And there was a story about Obama's BlackBerry. Mm. And it was like Obama is keeping his BlackBerry. And CNN ran the story. It's like Obama's keeping his BlackBerry. And then the story was about them. They detailed some kind of device, some kind of smartphone that was Windows Mobile based, which is like an – like like Windows Phone, it's like the thing that came after it. It's like mm-hmm. – it's so – it's such an old thing, but it's like an old phone OS. Yes. That the device they talked about in the article was this Windows Mobile based high security thing that the NSA had created for like presidents to use as like a smart device. Mm-hmm. And they're like Obama's keeping his Blackberry. Mm-hmm. And it's like – This isn't a BlackBerry. A BlackBerry is a specific (laughs) thing. It's like a device that I can buy at a Verizon store. Right. And he has one. Right. He has one of those. Like that's the thing that he uses Mm -hmm. before he's president. Mm -hmm. Your story is about how he is like going to get some kind of new secure device that the NSA has like commissioned or whatever. Right. Those things are – those pieces of data don't match up mm-hmm. one is like here's a consumer device. He's gonna use the other is this thing So like but what I thought was weird is they sold the story It was on you know, it was on CNN. They might have reported it on the news. We wrote a story about it then gadget it's like um, You guys are saying one thing and the story is actually something else mm-hmm. and for you It's easy to conflate them because like maybe you don't understand it or it doesn't seem like an important detail, right? But the conflation is everything mm-hmm. like the, the, you conflate a consumer device because the, the fear is, yeah. a president with a consumer device
2: yeah, is like hackable. Open, yeah, this is
0: like Trump with his Android phone or whatever. Right. You know, it's like that's a fucking hackable device. <laughs> Who's worrying about security on it? Yeah. But over here, you've got some other secure thing that has nothing to do with the BlackBerry, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's a BlackBerry. And it's like, no, it's not. And like the details fucking matter. Yeah. The, the the idea that this that this woman had a longstanding dispute with with YouTube mm-hmm. that. Maybe was uh the, the adpocalypse thing was a part of it mm-hmm. versus the adpocalypse thing began her descent into madness, which led to the shooting. Mm-hmm. Very like I can see how you can conflate them. I can see how you could ignore the first part of it because the second part of it makes more sense. Right. But to do that is so fucking unfair yes. to an audience. It's so unfair to us to understand what is going on. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That to me is is like. Gets to the heart of so many of the—how fucked up, like, the media is right now, mm-hmm. which is, like, it's not like you did it maliciously. It's not like you even understood what you were doing, but you did it, and it's stupid.
2: Right. It's like—it's it's like the inclination to package something neatly is just, like, so reflexive in everybody right now.
0: I mean, then it's the Times approach to Hillary's—the Comey-Hillary thing, mm-hmm. where they're— Story was like we have to tell it in this way because it just seems like it's part of this narrative, right? And to we got to be like, oh my god! But actually, if you had investigated that moment, you and if looked and said, well, this is not, this doesn't open up a can of worms. This mm-hmm. is like, it's, well, I mean Comey. There's a whole other thing with Comey, but like, but I do think they overstepped. They conflated. Previous stuff with current stuff, and it turned into this, like, fucking narrative that was actually – kept going on this narrative that was damaging.
2: Right. It's so easy to amass information and, like, tell a really, really good story when you're sort of aligning all of these, like, nuances that would make it less neat sort of, so.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I mean, uh, you know, this is, like, uh, obviously very – it's, like, a very dark and – Depressing and upsetting topic, but like I think the the, the underlying. I mean, what what I like about Paris's story and that we're that you know we I think we've we've talked about this stuff before, but there is like, and I'm not trying to be the watchdog for the media. I don't think we were, we're like we're the media watchdog. We're going to tell you what's going on. And, but there is this fucking thing. It's like if we're going to get better at this and be better for an audience and better for people who are trying to figure things out and understand the world, we there's got to be some kind of like. F- Um, awareness of what this industry does, like what the media industry does. And to me, the story is actually about, it's not about her. It's not about the shooting. It's Mm -hmm. not about YouTube's practices. It's about the way people tell stories when these things happen. Mm -hmm. And and if we're going to actually make it better, there's got to be some recognition that um, what feels good and sounds good in the moment for a headline or for a narrative is often is often, like, inaccurate, incorrect, and, like, changes – it changes people's ability to grapple with what is ha- actually happening, what right. is real. Right. And that's fucking dangerous. Yeah. You know? It's, like, really damaging. Yeah. So I'm not just patting <laughs> you at B on the back or whatever. Like, I mean, you guys – this story is, like, came out of Paris's brain and your brain. and mm-hmm. I'm glad we're writing it, but I do think it's, like, it, it speaks to this larger issue, which is which is, like, that distrust in media that people have. The feeling that, you know, we've got all these sources of information that are, you know, um, require a second and third and fourth deep reading to know if they're actually accurate. You know, this is a great example of one of those stories where this this narrative doesn't have to be this way, but we've made it this way. Right. And now we have to fight back against the bullshit, the lie mm-hmm. to prove the thing that is true, mm-hmm. which is not the way information should flow. No. Well, look, I don't have anything more to say about that. I'm just <laughs> depressed about the state of the internet and the fact that we can't get a, you know, we can't actually shape a story. I mean, we can because no, we, we can. are. Yeah, no. The outline We're can. doing it. No, but everybody else is blowing it.
2: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> well, I'm losing, I'm actually losing my voice. Hold on. Mm-hmm. This is insane. <clears throat> I I did finish that, which is, I mean, I'm almost finished with it, which is insane <laughs> because it was very, I feel completely drunk off my ass. Um <laughs> Anyhow, Casey, thank you so much. Thank you. And please come back. I will. Okay, good. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just been told that your family has been subjected to 24 hours straight of Ricky Gervais' comedy. And as a result, they're functionally brain dead.